Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone. My name is Paul Edwards, and I am the host of Tuesday Topics. And um, we have some of the usual suspects here streaming this evening in somewhat uh, in, a, in a somewhat unusual role for him these days is um, is Rick Morin. Good evening, Rick. Hey there, Paul. How you doing? I am it's well. Great, great to I'm be a, here. Yeah, and I'm excited about our presentation tonight. And uh, not not streaming, but keeping an eye on things for us is uh, Mr. Gassman out in California. How are you, Mr. Larry? I'm good. How are you? I am well, thank you. Good. Looking forward to uh, something of a of a, a thundery and windy day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Courtesy of Hurricane I, Idalia. There's Idalia. an interesting name. Idalia. I don't know very many people named Idalia, but mm. I think that's probably a good thing. And Miss Marianne will be handling hand raising for us. Miss Marianne, are you well? I am very well today, Paul. I hope you are well also. I am glad Hi. actually not to be in Southwest Florida right now. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I think that's a very good thing. Excellent. Um, so this evening, we are going to be talking about um, somebody who I am excited to, uh, to, be, um, to be talking about. Um, but not exciting, I guess, for the reason that we have to talk about it. But someone who, for the last few years, I think, has sort of um, has sort of disappeared a little into the background of ACB. Um, he is uh, has been a president of ACB, and at the age of ninety, on the sixth of August, Mr. Oral Miller uh, passed away, um, and. Um, so I thought it would be a good thing uh, for us to spend a little bit of time um, talking a, a little about Mr. Miller and uh, and also to give folks an opportunity, uh, if they choose, um, to call in and talk a little, about, a little about some of their experiences <clears throat> with oral and with ACB. Just as a, a quick a bit of background, uh, Oral died at the age of 90, so he was born in 1933, um, which makes him a good deal older than I was and certainly made him the oldest living uh, ACB president. He was ACB's fourth president and really only served one term because he went to work for ACB right after that as our national representative. And that's a job he did and, and went on to become our executive director as well. Um, at, and, uh, and essentially, um, served ACB in, in the capacity as being kind of the head of our national office for longer than anybody else has done that job. Um, so he was an important element in our history. And one of the people who I have invited to, in fact, the only person I invited to be an extra panelist for us this evening um, is someone who probably has known oral um, as long as any of us has. And that is a lady who worked with him in the national office for a huge amount of time, Miss Sharon Levering. Good evening, Sharon. 
Good evening, Paul. We're so glad that you could be with us. Um, now, you started to work in the national office in what year, Ms. Sharon? Uh, July of 1993, fresh out of yep. college. Yeah, right. Now, was your sister already there or? Uh, no. Um, no. Nope. She didn't join the staff until 1997. <clears throat> nice. So, so you, but so you were there for really the last oh seven or eight years that Oral was uh, was in charge. Correct. Nice. How would uh, was he a good boss? He was. He yeah. he gave everybody a nickname. Everybody yes, in the office had a nickname, as well as many many others. Almost everybody in ACB had one. I don't know how he kept charge of them. <clears throat> so what was I yours, Miss Sharon? Uh, he called me Rose of Sharon. Ah, there you go. I was Pablo. Um, always. And I'm sure we'll hear more nicknames in, in before we're done this evening. I'd be very surprised if we didn't. Um, now... We should. I know you put together. Um, you put together a, a, a very good kind of overview of Oral's life, which um, which which lots of us will probably use this evening. But one of the interesting things uh, about uh, Mr. Miller was that he came to ACB kind of after um, being involved in a couple of other areas. First, um, he. He started out being primarily interested in sport. Oh, and, yes. Um, and he was originally one of the, I guess, one of the founders and, and certainly one of the big operatives in the American Blind Bowling Association. And he was pretty active there in the, in, in the late 60s, I think. Yes, and early yeah. 70s. He was also yep. big with Ski for Light. Yes, yep. Right. And and that was really, I think, just at the at the beginning. And there 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 are certainly other ACBers who have been who have been pretty active in Ski for Light later. But Oral was active there, and then um, he became active in two organizations: the national one, the American um, uh, Blind Athletes Association (USABA), and yeah. then uh, IBSA, the International Blind Sports Association. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that that really is pretty cool. And I didn't know until uh, un, until your write up that he was a part of another group in Washington D.C. pretty late on. And tell us about that group, Sharon. Yes, was... he was part of the Out of Sight Dragons Dragon Boat Racing Crew until oh, I forget what year. It's been a few years now, but he was. Mm -hmm. He was part of the original founding group of the Out of Sight Dragons, right. and they'd row in races locally, and they'd travel the different races when they could. Mm -hmm. Ah, and and, mm -hmm. um, and he did that long after he retired, I think. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he lived he lived essentially on his own in Washington. Um, for for quite a while at least i know he was living on his own at least up until two years ago do you know how long he, he was still on his own or did did he eventually move into a facility sharon do you know yes um about two years ago he moved into a facility um nice last year in march he came down with a bad version of pneumonia 
and oh dear. did not quite fully recover. Mm -hmm. um, he was al also developed dementia and it was yes. getting pretty bad. It was. And, and I, I think that, you know, I, I had um, tried to keep in touch with Oral Sum over the past four or five years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I had tried to get him onto both Tuesday topics. And we were also doing a program um, for FCB, I, I think in 2020, maybe, um, yeah. that, that, that I had that I had invited Oral to be a part of. And, and we had actually talked even on, on the day of the program mm -hmm. and um, he still didn't make it un unfortunately. So I suspect, uh, I, I don't know how, you know, Oral is a pretty bright guy and I, I don't, I, I, I am sort of scared that, that I may end up in, in that same position, but I, th I think, I think I wouldn't love it. So I suspect there were times when, when Oral was pretty uncomfortable over the past few years. And he wasn't walking well either, was he, Sharon? No, he was, um, they did get him up a few times, but after that, no. Right. Yep, yeah. The last time he was um, at an ACB convention, I think was in Rochester, yeah? I believe thinking. so, yes. Yes. And and then he was virtually um, he was virtually in a wheelchair all the time, so mm -hmm. um, so, but it was it was good that he was there, and there were loads of people who I think were were glad to see him there. Um, so after his involvement in in early sports, he then became involved in um, the ACB's lawyers group. Um, yes. And that was that was the direction that he took uh, to become involved in in ACB. And I guess he he got to know Dover Daniel in that group, and they became pretty friendly. And um, and and I think Durward was was able to persuade Oral to get more involved in in ACB. Um, though I I don't know whether it was Durward. It may have well have been Oral deciding that he wanted to do it. So. What do you think, Sharon? I don't know. Yeah. So, um, nevertheless, um, for all of the 80s and into the 90s, um, uh, which which was a, an interesting period for ACB because we we sort of went up and down in terms of our financial fortunes. Um, there were times when we had a fair amount of money and 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 could actually afford to do pretty well and tried to give folks increases and that kind of stuff. But there were also times when we were, uh, when we were extremely poor. Mm -hmm. And I know there, there were bunches of folks, um, oral being one of them. And I guess I was one, um, who, who ended up trying to find some ways to, um, help ACB over, over the hump by, um, either either making some funds available or not taking money that we were entitled to. And I know Oral was one of the people who who for a while chose not to get paid in order that uh, that ACB could get over the hump. Correct. Yep. So yeah. So what other what other memories do you have of Oral um, in 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 the national office? Oh, so many. Um, yep. 
I never understood how he could manage so many different meetings and to be in mm -hmm. so many different places in one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. uh, he was um, he was pretty amazing. He was always he was, busy. Yep. Going to yep. this place or that place, mm -hmm. advocating, speaking up, putting ACB mm -hmm. out there into the public eye, mm -hmm. illustrating the capabilities of a blind person. There's one photo I ran across showing him and Judy Dixon and I forget who the other person was testing out the first accessible ATM near the ACB national office. Sounds like it could have been Pat Beatty. Uh, no, it was a man. Uh, well, then that couldn't have been Pat Beatty. No. <clears throat> so I, um, I noticed, I noticed that, um, one of the folks who has his hand raised, Marianne, is Scott Marshall. And since we're talking about the 80s, it might be good to see if we can invite Scott to join us. Okay. <clears throat> Scott, you may unmute. Hey, Mr. Scott. Suspense. Hold on. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, there you go, Scott. Zoom is behaving badly. You may unmute Scott. Mr. Scott. He is oh. unmuted. There you are, Scott. Oh, you're okay, great. There you are, sir. Sorry Excellent. about that. That's okay. All oh, A wasn't I, doing anything I, for I, me, and I was yeah, saying you, words that shouldn't be on radio. <laughs> Zoom is behaving badly. It's yes, okay. indeed. Um, thank you for uh, inviting me. Uh, and it's good to talk with you all about Oral Miller. And like Sharon, I've got so many memories uh, that I could share. He was a very interesting, complex man. Yes. And... Um, one of the things that I appreciated about him most um, at the time, and even when I wasn't working for him later in my career, that he really allowed uh, Barbara Nelson, and who was the staff attorney at the time, uh, this was in 81, my very first job, well, and, and hers too, in Washington, started in 81. And uh, he was willing to allow us to do our own thing with minimal supervision, because I guess we were kind of unmanageable. <laughs> uh, and I used to cost him a lot of money uh, back in the day when sometimes when we didn't have it. And uh, I remember having those those financial delays and and uh, having to wait months for travel reimbursement and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember a lot of what is now commonplace or with ACB got started during his administration. I remember the time I went to him and said, I want to spend 600 bucks for a telephone answering machine, a state of the art. He said, you want to do what? And that's how the Washington Connection Service got started. And um, it was 
pretty popular at the time, and I don't know how popular it is today, but it, as far as I know, it's still operating. It is still operating. It is. Um, well, good. And uh, I also cost him a lot of money, too, because he gave me some money to play with to get speakers at our what was then called the leadership seminar. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And we were able to attract people like Koki uh, Roberts. Wow. And some of you who may have heard me talk about this before, uh, she originally turned us down, but then when I offered her $150, and this was before she was famous, you know, and of course, Koki Roberts was one of the founding mothers of NPR and became incredibly um, well known, as you know. That is such that is such a good pun because, of course, she wrote a book called Founding Mothers. Correct. <laughs> and and the hundred and fifty dollars when 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 I finally you know got a word in edgewise to when she said no, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, she paused and said, Oh. $150. Oh, that's camp money for the kids. <laughs> uh, so that's how she came to be a, a keynote at one of those um, uh, legislative events or leadership mm -hmm. events. We also had Eleanor Cleft also. Same deal. Yeah. Um, and she is still with us. She's like, I think, in her 80s now. Mm -hmm. And she was a, a Washington uh, White House correspondent for one of the wire services, as I remember, and uh, also was really well received. But anyway, I could ramble and ramble and ramble about um, things that um, that Oral innovated during his mm -hmm. administration. And so, uh, so what was your nickname? Oh, I forgot, John Scott. And he was John the only Scott. one I would ever allow him to say that because John Scott brings back to me horrible memories as a kid when I got in trouble. It was always, especially at Sunday school, believe it or not. Uh, uh, John Scott was always, I knew that there was problems ahead. If somebody called me, uh, my parents called me John Scott or a teacher or whatever, it was bad news. But mm -hmm. oral being oral, I wasn't about to tell him that he couldn't use the nickname John Scott. And and you went on to um, you went on to to AFB, so you continued to work with Oral considerably for a long time, really after after you left um, ACB. That's true. I, I did spend um, you know three and a half years at AARP. Uh, oh, that's right, you uh, did as well, and and then did some uh consulting work and stuff with other organizations like easter seals and so forth mm -hmm. but i i yeah i started at afb running their governmental affairs shop in 1988 so mm -hmm. and then we started having legislative events together uh, from time not every year but some years and all sorts of things so if if you had to um, if 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 you had to say to um, to folks what what Oral's biggest contribution to ACB might have been, what would you say? I think he was an innovator. He was a yeah a a person who uh, you know was was willing to try something, 
yep. try something new, uh, and, and and especially if it resulted in engaging members effectively. And I think that was his his strongest point um, as far as ACB is concerned. Not to mention, and I, I have to mention her, uh, mm -hmm. Roberta Douglas. Yes. Who I credit with everything I ever learned about how to run an office, which came in yep. very handy later in my career, mm -hmm. came from Roberta Douglas. She was a, an amazing lady um, and was a reader, one of Oral's original readers, as I recall. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was his second wife. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she was the most organized person I have ever met in terms of keeping the, the railroad running and doing it in a, in a first class way. And um, I'm sure that uh, they'll, wherever, wherever they both are now, we'll be doing the same. Yep. I, I'm going to ask you one other question, then I'll let you go, Scott. <clears throat> for for um, for all of the years that you worked uh, for ACB, and really until virtually the time that he retired, Oral was the national representative for ACB. Mm -hmm. um, how much how much of a difference did that make, and and how much did it alter the way that he had to work? Well, as compared to what being president, as compared well, to being exec being executive director. Well, I, th I think uh, it, 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 it was, it's a title change. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Brian. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm running a little late because I was speaking at a conference downtown. But uh, here I am, and I'm glad to hear well, your voice. It's great to talk to you, too. You sound a little raspy, sir. Are you okay? That's me. That's me being raspy. raspy. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Now. I was yeah. going to tell a story about you. And this uh -oh. is during oral. oral uh oh. Time. Go ahead. Do you remember when you had me come to Washington, D.C. to speak about the reauthorization of the Rehab Act? And how we got in trouble and with the state uh, the director of rehabilitation. Did we get in trouble or what? Well, hey, I took that as a badge of honor, and so did you. Yeah, it was great. It was Should great. we explain this further? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm curious whether Oral ever spoke with you about uh, whether or not we had uh, stepped outside the lines too well much. I, I we both have stepped out a number of times sir <laughs> i mean he never gave me a hard time either about uh, the time that uh, i had the audacity while well, he was out of the country and oral was uh derwood was out of the country to go up and and tell barney frank uh, and this was as a result of a I think a 1982 or 83 resolution, which the membership right. passed on the subject, that there should be a, uh, a a management path for industrial workers in what was then <laughs> called uh, sheltered workshops. Workshops, yep. And that didn't go over very well with some of ACB's uh, friends. Uh, I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> and, there um, should be a sound for that. And, and actually, they, uh, <clears throat> a, a, a fire executive director of, of one of those, quote, friends wanted to get me fired as oh, a yeah. of doing it. So, and uh, of course, 
Um, Durward never, I mean, not, not Durward, but I, I never talked to Durward about it, but uh, Oral never, uh, never bat an eye. Nope, uh, good stuff. Yeah. So do, do you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, the story you were talking about, Mr. Brian? Oh, I'll, I'll let Brian do it because he was the yeah, star. Brian? I just, oh, I just yeah, took his baggage, star. that's all. I carried uh, his briefcase. I, I, sure. Uh, I had recently moved from Oregon to Massachusetts. And I had shared with Scott some of my frustration with the Rehab Act. Um, which would allowed and still to my knowledge still does um, do a couple of rather odd things. One of which is that if they closed your case in one state, that they could say, well, we closed it, we're done. When you get a job, let us know. Uh, but if you move to another state, you are suddenly unhabilitated instead of rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah. And you could reapply in another state without without a bat of an eye. But you had to prove that you were still blind. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no was no transfer of records from mm -hmm. one agency to another. So if you had if uh, I think like you, Paul, two artificial eyes, right? Yes, correct. Yep. Sorry, you'd still go have to go see a doctor. Still have to <laughs> oh, yeah. again. I thought that was well, a problem. I, I also got really mad at the time uh, because the state agency here in Massachusetts uh, wouldn't help me duplicate my resume for me to look for work. They said that they're not to do that. And my rehab counselor uh, snuck into her boss's office, borrowed his key to the copier and made copies. And with one of those copies, I got my job at the Carroll Center, where I stayed for 34 years. What I got mad at was that the Rehab Act said that they could claim me as a successful closure. Uh, and I was just curious. So Scott said, well, we're, we're doing the reauthorization of the Rehab Act, and I, I really don't want to send somebody up there. I was just going to say how wonderful life is with rehab just leave it the way it is but there's no room for improvement so we put together the testimony and i went up there and i spoke to the i think it was the house select committee on education, education and labor, and, I think, yeah. and labor yeah. yeah 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 and, and i think there was a the braille panel. forum article too that uh yeah. that, that got into the crosshairs too with that that, oh, yeah. uh, that you did on that subject but on the same panel with me was the director of the Oregon agency, who was then the chair of NCSAB, right? National Council of State Agencies for the Blind, one Chuck Young. And and he thought uh, you he, you were his boy, you know. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I was just going <laughs> to. In fact, I have on the wall here in my home, Scott, a plaque I got from the Oregon Commission for the Blind for being on their board i was appointed see by i knew it governor. i knew you were his boy right? okay, okay okay there was a okay, plaque okay. <laughs> and right next to it i have the framed letter of condemnation from that same agency for having quote bit the hand that had fed me oh wow i didn't know see about that are. letter uh, that, oh, that's oh a, lord well that's great then, you got, i hope it's in a better yeah. frame than the other one uh, <laughs> yeah there you go 
And then the other commissioner, the one that was here, also played a part in ACB, one by the name of Charlie Crawford, oh, yes. who was none yeah. too happy that I said anything negative about his agency's engagement in this whole uh, crazy things. I'm not sure that we ever succeeded at modifying the Rehab Act in either of those cases. I don't think we did, I, and I don't know what it says currently. Uh, um, I don't know. I sh could look that up, but I, I, I no, I, I, I don't know whatever happened to it, other than creating uh, some heartburn. Yeah, well, and and Derwood was not too happy with us either. Oh yeah. This, oh yeah. This was it that. In, during the Reagan administration, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. And, yep. and boy, did they, they were worried that if we didn't say good things, that the Republicans would open up the Rehab Act and gut it. Yeah. But, and but, at that time, you know, they wanted to cut funding for, uh, you know, for uh, special ed, too, the, the federal yes, match. And that, yep. was a, that was a huge problem. Oh, yeah. And we, we got, got that resolved thanks to George Bush 41. There, you uh, go. there were who, who there were, were there were a lot of things going on in the eighties that weren't nice. <laughs> Free matter for the blind, another issue. Yep. Oh, it that was reared its ugly head. Yeah, there and and, uh, and and oral kind of holding the things together in in D.C. for A.C.B. through all of that crap. Mr. Scott, Absolutely. thank you so much, sir. Great to be with you. I'll mute here and. Uh, let some other people share uh, some very, I'm sure, important moments. Very good. <clears throat> Miss Marianne, who we got? We have Carla Rushable. Hey, Carla, a fellow Kentuckian. Yes, I don't know if hello. We said, I don't know if we said that Oral was from Kentucky. We probably didn't. And, you did and, and, and Carla <laughs> would have been mad at me for not saying it. Uh, but, You're right. Uh, but, so, Carla, we need to start at the beginning. What was your nickname? I was Carlotta. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody had a nickname. They certainly <clears throat> did. Mm -hmm. um, well, um, I have known Oral since I was probably about five or six years old because he Oral was originally from the uh, Ashland area in Kentucky and uh, he was blinded in an accident when he was about eight years old. He came to the Kentucky School for the Blind when he was about 10 and was a residential student there because Ashland area where he's from is in the far northeastern part of the state up on the West Virginia border. And the School for the Blind is in Louisville, which is um, about halfway down the state, uh, down the Ohio River. So Oral came to the School for the Blind in 1943. And being Oral, even at 10 years old, he became part of virtually anything that was there for him to become part of. Um, nice. The first thing we can document is him being in Boy Scouts. And um, and then uh, the superintendent changed in 1945, and he became uh, a student editor of the newly founded newspaper called the Kentucky Colonel. By that time, he was 12 or 13. <laughs> and, of course, he participated in wrestling and track, and um, his name is <clears throat> very 
prominent in the editions of that newspaper until he graduated in 1951. But Oral didn't just graduate from the Kentucky School for the Blind. Back in those days, they did not have, it wasn't called mainstreaming, but that's really kind of what it was. The kids would come to KSB and they would stay, they could stay in the dorms on the campus and they would go out and ride the city bus to whatever their public school was where they were going for the day. And he went to a school called Louisville Mail, which was a boys' school at the time. And um, he grad so he they would have two graduations. They could graduate from both the public school and from the Kentucky School for the Blind. He graduated from Louisville Mail as well as KSB in 1951, but he didn't just graduate as oral, being oral, you know, he couldn't just be another student. He yep. was the valedictorian of that class, and Mail was a very exclusive, and still is, a very exclusive school, although Mail now is, and has for many years, been a co-ed school. Um, mm -hmm. In today's world, it's a traditional school. Well, a few years ago, a few years before COVID, Oral was inducted <clears throat> into the Mail High Hall of Fame, which is a tremendous honor. He got out of high school and he went to Princeton uh, on a full academic scholarship. And then um, he got his law degree from the University of Chicago. Um, he was in the class with, I uh, think, at, um, I'm not sure if it was which school it was at, but he was in the class with Ralph Nader and Donald Rumsfeld, all these, you know, big, well-known people after that. And um, was that at Chicago or Princeton, Sharon? You'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe it was Princeton, but I won't swear to it. You, I you think may so be too. right. I think you're right, Sharon. Yep. <clears throat> so anyway, so he went <clears throat> to those schools and, um, and and then, but he, uh, during the years, you know, he he did really, he moved to Washington in the late 50s. So <clears throat> he did come back and visit in Kentucky, uh, but he, he really was a Washington resident after that time. Um, one other note, uh, I could talk about Oral for a long time. Uh, he, he came back and was our commencement speaker at the School for the Blind several times. Um, those were long talks. <laughs> As you might imagine. <clears throat> I remember him coming back and being a banquet speaker at the KSB alumni reunion. And that was probably the longest reunion banquet speech in history. <laughs> there were a lot of um, sleepy people in that room. <clears throat> but um, one thing that uh, that was really significant to the Kentucky Council of the Blind was um, uh, we this year are celebrating our 50th convention. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Oral was here. Uh, well, KCB was first chartered in 1965 at the first uh, convention of ACB that was held here in Louisville. Um, but we were not holding conventions at that time. And we went inactive after that. We were just, a, a good word for it was dormant, more like yeah. hibernating bear in the wintertime. <laughs> so there we were. And in 1973, 
um, Derbert showed up at a bowling league, um, at our bowling league one Sunday afternoon mm -hmm. and said, um, well, how about we go to dinner? And my dad said to him, he said, if you come here to get us to organize um, <clears throat> for back then it was the Associated Blind of Kentucky. He said, you can forget it. We're not interested. And Dover says, oh, that's <laughs> all right. Let's just go have dinner. So we went to a little restaurant that was close. It was, had great food and always was very busy. By the time we left that restaurant, we had agreed to have a meeting and set up a, um, a provisional officers. And the short part of the story is that in 1974, mm -hmm. in January, we had an organizational, a reorganizational meeting. So <clears throat> Derbert was quite persuasive and Oral was at that meeting. Um, nice. he, he came to a number of other conventions along the way. And even though he was not uh, a Kentucky resident, uh, anymore at, after you know he moved to Washington, he did become a life member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and so we kind of considered him um, our own. Uh, but I think the best thing that that people in ACB, uh, right down to you know the person who just came to conventions, not always for meetings, but were in that room, was you know when he would get up and answer the roll call. Mm -hmm didn't matter when it was, he um, uh -huh. always had that phrase, you know, yep. uh, the land of taxation without representation. Without representation, yep. Right, right. <laughs> so there's so many things we could say about Oral, but um, we certainly, you know, his, his always being interested in what was going on here with us and just keeping up with with what was happening and so on even though he you, could not always be here and active right and so on was i mean it's just it was great and of course you, the, you were really active with him in in the 80s and 90s when when grant mack was president and and um and and i think relatively soon after that you got involved in conventions didn't you um and my first convention that i um that I was in charge of was 1983 in Phoenix. Yep. So yep. 1983 to 1987. But before then, ACB had a convention here in 1980. And back then, mm -hmm. there was no national committee. So uh, Oral was still president of ACB. And he came here <clears throat> to uh, organize us into a convention <laughs> committee. And there were very few of us. But at that meeting, at that organizational meeting, which we had at my aunt's house, um, mm -hmm. Oral, he did something that really I've often thought about. And that, that was, um, he, he said, well, you need somebody to uh, write your real forum articles and so on. And, and uh, we, he said, who can you suggest for that? And we had very few people. We had seven people that basically were involved in running that 1980 convention. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I said that night, I said, well, the one person that I can think of that would be a really good writer is in the NFB. And he said, well, who cares? Go ask her. She just <laughs> might do it. And I went and asked her. It was a lady named Carol Jones. And yep. she, Oral had known her in school. 
And, um, and so uh, I asked Carol, Carol said, well, I, I won't, I won't write the articles, but I will write uh, a, um, I'll, I'll write <clears throat> the, the each month's, uh, I'll give you a, you know, something to follow. And, nice. uh, and so she did, she based it on a horse race, of course. And she, each month she had, um, a step in the horse race from the begin from the begin the starting gate to the winter circle. And, I remember those. <laughs> okay. So I wrote the articles <laughs> using Carol's outline and her titles. Well, mm -hmm. That was the same. Um, we used that same um, list of that same um, outline for, I think, the 2008 convention because its yep. theme had to do with horses, and it was it was her outline, and she really made a difference. Well, the final part of that story is, you know, Oral said always asked. Well, two years later. <clears throat> Two years later, uh, we're in Atlanta in 1982, and we're in a and we're in a mixer. And who did I run into? But Carol and her husband Harlan. And I said, "What are y'all doing here?" And <clears throat> Carol said, "Well, we just thought we'd come down and see what was happening." And uh, <laughs> so she became a really good KCB member after that. So you always ask. Um, that is excellent. And there's one more little little incident at the at the Miller Time banquet. <laughs> Adam is sitting here going, mm-hmm. At the Miller yeah. Time banquet, Adam and I did not go that year to the convention. And so that was, I think, the first year that ACB broadcast the banquet yes. on ACB yes. radio. So we're yep. sitting at at our table and, and listening to that Miller Time convention. And um, Kentucky had sent a Kentucky long rifle as a gift for Oral's retirement. Right. And so who should present that to him? Who brought it down uh, from her room to the banquet and presented it, but Pam Shaw. Well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Pam. So Pam in her comments, was laughing about being on the elevator with this gun, you know, a black uh, African-American person, being on the elevator, a woman with this gun, and the big gun, and the door opens, and here's a security guard, and he's just <laughs> getting on. <laughs> and and I mean, she was hilarious, just, just yep. you know, you know how Pam can tell a story. Yep. So, um, it, it was fun. Um, I think that, you know, ACB, uh, we last saw him in Rochester and yes. he wasn't doing real well in Rochester he and he was in a wheelchair, but he called, he used to call, oh, even into COVID, um, he would call about every month or two and you knew that things were slipping because what he did to cover up was he would say, uh, I was just checking to see whose number this is. I lost the name on my card. You know how Oral always had all these cards with names yes. on them? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, so he'd call to see who it was. And then he'd cover up. He'd ask about somebody. He'd say, 
um, well, how is your daughter doing? Now, he'd have never done that, <laughs> you know, right. uh, if he wasn't having trouble with memories. And that was Patty Cox. And yep. his, and Patty's nickname was Patty-O, by the way. She was talking about oh, that the you. other day. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I have there's all these stories about oral. All of us could go on forever. That's yep. plenty for me. But thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank, thank you, you for, for calling thank in. you for talking about it. Yep, we appreciate <laughs> it. Um, one of the things that came out in Sharon's um, write-up of of Oral was one of the things that he was most proud of was another sporting event that happened while he was at Princeton. He became a member of their rowing team. Uh, you know, later the Dragons. But um, what what he said in an article that he wrote for the Blind Educator in uh, 2005 was my most touching experience as an oarsman took place late in my senior year when I received the Biddle Award, which is presented to the senior who, in the opinion of his fellow oarsmen, has contributed most to crew at Princeton that year. In my athletic life, I've been fortunate enough to win a number of honors, but the Biddle Award is among my most treasured. That's what Oral wrote in this article that he published in nineteen uh, in two thousand and five, I guess. Yep. So nice. it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, so who do we have, Miss Marianne? We have George Holiday. That's you excellent, mute, George. Pennsylvania. Good, good hey, evening, George. everyone. Yeah, how's Hi, everyone, George? George? You know. I was sitting here thinking why everybody else was talking. And everybody was talking primarily business. Mm -hmm. I, I know the sport of oral. Even though, well, oral was the person who got me in ACB back in, oh, I think it was 82. But I met Earl back in the 70s in the bowling program. Yep. Uh, he loved the bowl. Uh, he was with the American Blind Bowling Association. And mm -hmm. with him and I being in the D.C. area, we were in the Southeast Blind Bowling Association. And listening to him, he encouraged me to be president of that organization. <laughs> Which is very interesting. You know, Oral has a way to nudge you to do things. <laughs> he does. He does. And I enjoyed bowling with him. And, and I don't know if any, any of you bowl. But when you go up to the approach, when you're using a guide reel, right, you have to line up. And I don't know if you ever bowled with oral, but he had a huge backswing. Ah. That backswing, before he took his first step, that backswing would go back. And I found that out because it hit me in the chest one time. Oh, my. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> but, you know, uh, one thing I oh let me go back to the beginning, Paul, when you wanted to know nicknames. Yep. My name was Big George. Big George, there you go. <laughs> and that was because I used to cater a lot of the office events in DC. Uh-huh. And at that time, I was Big George because I was like 255 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I called him Big O. And Big whenever o. we Big O, and whenever we met each other, that was those nicknames. But one thing I really love about Oral, he is was friendly to 
everybody. He never had a bad word to say about anyone. At least twice a month, we had a favorite restaurant that him and I used to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably they're nationwide, prime rib. Nice. And it was it was walking distance from the office. It was at twenty twenty mm-hmm. K Street, and we went over there. We had our own table, our a certain table we sat in, and they let us sit there every time we went. But it was just, it was great just talking with him and doing things. You know, it just. Uh, I just enjoyed being around him because oh, we bowled together. We bowled, we bowled together twice a, twice a week, mm-hmm. and it was just great bowling with him. That is yep. excellent. But that's the what, memory what, I had with Oro. Mm-hmm. How, how, how was his bowling score? How do you when he was bowling? in his prime bowling, his average was in the thirties to. I think his highest, highest average that I can remember was 141. Wow. We, we tried to be competitive because mine was a 139 at one time. Uh, Oral had, oh, no, the name just slipped me. There was a, a it, it, the ABBA had a national tournament, and they, they had a master's tournament, a division where you can pick bowlers to be on your team. And they had a team. Oh, I can't remember the name of that team. But they would they would win three or four times in a row. I mean, they were just great bowlers. Excellent. Very, comp- very competitive. Very competitive. And, you know, Oral liked working with kids. He got me involved with teaching blind kids how to bowl. He taught kids that were from 8 to 17. And we taught twice a week at George Washington University. How cool is that? And that was, you know, I remember one, one day, Oral and I, we were trying to get this little girl, she was eight years old, to roll the ball and hit the pins. So I said, well, let's do this. Let's stand up, spread your legs, and roll the ball from between your legs instead of doing, right. the, instead of doing the approach, you know? Right. Right. And she knocked down eight pins. Nice. And she jumped up and gave me the biggest hug. You know, I'll never forget that. You know, but that was all because of oral. And George Washington, we didn't we didn't have to pay for that. We they let us use the the facility. This was at the the Marvin Center. Uh, They have a theater there. But uh, that is excellent. Yeah, but that's excellent. I missed that guy, George. For, yep. for adding to to the complexity that was this man we're honoring this evening. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, definitely. Thank, yep. thank you so much, Big George. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as big as he used to be. I am smaller. I'm down to 193. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. One of the things that, that I didn't know, by the way, until Sharon did her, her write-up about Oral is before he came to ACB, Oral worked for 22 years for the Small Business Administration in D.C. I yes. had not known that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, I had not known that. So it, it, it just shows that there's an awful lot that, that we can learn every day. Miss um, Marion, who we got? We well, Paul, one thing Denver. before I go off, I, I, I hope we publicize his memorial service uh, that they're going to have. Actually, yes. I, I yep. would definitely want to be there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
I just found out the date today. It Great. will be held ah. Friday, September 8th. Jeez, so soon. <clears throat> from 11 to 1 at the Murphy Funeral Home in Arlington, Virginia. <clears throat> Excellent. And well, I'm glad that we could announce that. that. was the Over the Hill Gang bowling group. That's right, Over the Hill Gang. Paul, do you remember Bill Spires? He was, um, he, no. He, yeah, he lived, he lived, he was, he was in ACB. I mean, yeah, he was in ACB and he was one of the members of that team. And uh, he was the highest average bowler. He was a partial, but he averaged 160. He, wow. he was good. Yeah, he, he was a good bowler. Yeah. I think I, I think I averaged 16. <laughs> Gotta love you, Paul. Paul, <laughs> uh, I wish I would have known you. I would have had you doing a hundred. Well, I think you probably you probably would have done better. I when I first moved back to um, when I first moved back to the states, uh, or relatively soon after that, I went up to the rehab center in Daytona, and yeah. um, they they um, they took us bowling. And of course, I didn't know anything about it. I'd lived outside of the U.S. since I was 13, or and then I moved from Canada, so <clears throat> I didn't know anything about bowling. I didn't know about rails or anything like that. And I was doing so badly. I mean, I, I had, I had, uh, I, you know, I had, I had taken a long-term lease on the gutter, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, but so I, I eventually said, well, it's not going to make any difference. So what the heck? So I turned my back on the pins and threw the ball from between my legs, not facing the pins, but facing the other way. <clears throat> I actually hit a couple of pins and I was feeling pretty good about myself <laughs> until later on in the week when an article came out in the Daytona Beach News Journal that said the, um, the, the, the Rehabilitation Center for the Blind has a lot of work to do on this blind bowler. <laughs> it showed a picture of me holding oh <laughs> the ball backward. <laughs> oh awesome. dear, that's fantastic. Uh, um, who else do we have, Miss Mary? We have Deborah Kendrick. Miss Kendrick. Yeah. Hi. I think I was hi. the first hand up. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well. You know, I have a, a lot of things that that I wanted to say, but I I think that one thing that is not for those who did not know Oral Miller. One. Oh God, I'm telling you, I, Deborah, I'll get you back there in just a second. Zoom is behaving really, really badly. I apologize. Just give me one second, Deborah. One second. One second. There you go. I hope. Oh my goodness. How's that? There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's very bad. All right. It's okay. Really bad Hallelujah. Today. Okay. So um yeah, I wanted I, I wanted to um talk about uh the importance to me of when I first met Oral Miller, but but I also want to say that for those who did not know him, 
I think one really, really important characteristic of Oral Miller, and lately I've been thinking about as I lose people, that maybe the best way to honor them is to think about something they did so well and try to be like them. And one thing that Oral did very well was be kind. And um, he was very... <sighs> Not again. He's just muted. Okay, it keeps muting me, but but I no, am you're, determined. You're good. I, sh I you're shall good. be unmuted. <laughs> I shall be released. Um, yep. And so, A, he was very kind, and B, as has been brought out somewhat here, he had a way of remembering everyone and making everyone feel a little bit special. So for me, um, my first, I'm not sure when I met him, but my first memory of him was that in December of 1985, I was asked by the American Council of the Blind to participate as a, an individual plaintiff in a lawsuit um, against the Librarian of Congress, which is ironic since I now work for them. Mm -hmm. But, um, <laughs> and, but, 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 you know, it was, it was clever. It was clever planning um, because I was young, I was female and I was a fledgling writer. And I had said to Derwood McDaniel um, that uh, because he sort of interviewed everybody and he had asked me how I did what I do in terms of writing. And I said, I, I read magazines and I study them. And he had asked what my favorite was. And I had said, Playboy. So I was invited. And to me, as a young person who hadn't ever been much of anywhere, being invited to Washington, D.C. to speak at the press club um, for about a, play, a, a lawsuit, a national lawsuit in which I was playing a part was just extraordinary. And Oral Miller was the person who greeted me, who, you know, took me out of cabs and put me in cabs and gave me a braille writer and a pile of paper to keep me busy when I had time in between um, stuff in his office and who just made me feel so welcome and, uh, and so valued. And I, I remember that day as being May, uh, just a real turning point in my life of when I was just struck by how amazingly brilliant and competent blind people could be. And Oral Miller was the person who who gave me that message just by his behavior and his being so smart and capable and 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 sort of suave and sophisticated. Now that said, he was also um, a, a, a consummate and somewhat annoying flirt. And so, yes. <laughs> um, so he kind of, you know, pursued a, me and I'm sure a lot of other people over the years. Um, and that was OK. But you asked people about nicknames. Mine was Paul Masson because there was a... Uh, a commercial, no wine before it's time. And so every every time he wanted to to follow me somewhere, I would say no wine before it's time. And so he came to calling me Paul Masson. But he <laughs> he the the characteristic that's worth emulating 
one of many, is that he did keep track of people and he did for years and years and years. He called me. I would not think of him for a long time. And then out of the blue, there would be a phone call from Oral Miller because he just read something I wrote and he wanted to tell me what it made him remember. Um, I remember in particular an article I wrote about taking my daughter on a train ride and he called me because he said it prompted so many beautiful memories for him of, of having ridden trains. And he, he just always had something to say. So I spent a lot of time this afternoon because I discovered that I had, you know, as I said, he would call me every few months just to say hi. And I discovered a phone message on my iPhone from Oral from February 5th, 2020. And I worked really hard this afternoon and talked to a lot of really people way smarter than I to figure out how to copy it. And I sent it to Larry so that Larry could play it so you can hear 45 seconds of Oral Miller's voice. But, um, and I hope Larry's ready to do that. But before that, one other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, I, the things that we hold in our minds that remind us of the character of who a person really is, sometimes there's such minutia, but one bit of minutia, I heard Oral say this a couple of times. One thing we all ask one another at some point or another in our relationships as blind people is, how did you become blind? Why are you blind? How did you lose your sight? Uh And more than once, I heard Oral Miller say, oh, I had an unfortunate accident with an angry adult. And to my mind, that is so incredibly strong and courageous and noble. It's just noble not to hold a grudge or to be angry or to tell the tale. And I think that says so much about the person that he was and, um, and again, that he was so kind. So, so can we play my 45 second, Typical Oral Miller voicemail message. <laughs> we can. Mr. Hello, Mr. Kendrick. I just wanted to uh, call and uh, hear your real voice and say hello to you and let you know how nice you sound. Okay? In case you're wondering who's calling, this is Oral Miller in Washington, D.C. My telephone number here, and I don't answer this very regularly, 202. Three six three eight three three four. Again, you sound very nice. Thank you so much for sounding so nice. Bye bye. I think we're going to have to call you sounding so nice from now on, Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for taking the trouble. Call me and I'll tell you after this, Deborah, that you sound nice. I'll, I'll, I will. Yeah, we, we, we will. Thank you. Thank you. We should, all send, we should all leave her voicemails. We should. We should. Starting at 2 a.m. this morning. Exactly. 
Yeah, right. Deborah, thank you. Thank you so much Brian. for your work. And, and Larry, thank you so much for, for putting that together. You're welcome. Deborah, I Brian might have to here. rename her the next time I'm Zoom host. Deborah, who sounds so nice. Yeah, we will. <laughs> thank you. Brian, you were saying something? I was going to say, Deborah, I didn't know we had another thing in common. I was also a litigant in the Playboy suit. I know you were. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That, uh, the more so was around, uh, the more comes around. So, so was Billie Jean, I think, was she not? Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no, nope. no, no, no. I was the only female. It was me uh, and Brian and Scott, Scott Marshall. Yep. Ah, uh, there you go. <clears throat> all three of all three of whom are gathered here together. How about this that? Is exciting. Miss <laughs> Deborah, thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. And we will talk soon. I hope. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, Miss Marianne. We have Sandra. Hey, Sandra. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Miss um, Sermons, how are you? <laughs> well, now that you know who I am, Paul's like, oh, Sandra, okay, hi. Oh, Miss Sermons, I'm good. Hope you all are good as well. We are. Um, we have to start off by telling us what your nickname was. Uh, fortunately, I escaped having hmm. a nickname. Did you? Yes. Oh gosh. With all the time people. with all the time you two were together, I can't believe yes. you never had a nickname. Especially since I worked for him. I I feel very deprived because I didn't get a nickname. And I thought when I called him Big O, I thought I was the first person to coin that name, but I learned today that I'm wrong because George took it before me. Thank you ah, very there much. There you go. Um, so I didn't know you worked for him. Yes. So um, back in 1991, I um, guess it was actually January of 92, because I graduated from high school in June of 91. I came to D.C. Um, in July and January of 92. I was an intern for ACB and Oral was the national representative. So yes, I worked was. for him, yes, for an entire semester. Um, my second semester at American University, I uh -huh. would take the Metro several times a week and um, come to the national office and work for Oral, right? Uh -huh. And it was it was a very daunting experience initially because oral was very nice always lots of style class i never saw him get mad though and that sort of scared me because i somehow expected that he would just you know at some point get mad and he never raised his voice no matter what happened right um never said anything bad but you knew when he was not pleased with you, or at least I knew when he was not pleased with me, right? So as you guys all know, Oral was a huge Slate and Stylist fan, right? He had a zillion different Slates and Styli. And my Slate and Stylist skills were, poor. I mean, abysmal, right? <laughs> he said what Sandra your Slate and Stylist skills are sad, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and 
I, I mean, you you would have thought I had the plague, right? I, I said, well, you know what? I can I can use a brailler. I, I really can use a brailler. Um, but somehow I never redeemed myself with that slave style. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Oral was uh, was actually an amazing slate and stylish user. Um, we we shared a stage a, a lot um, in the early part of my presidency. Oral and I was up there doing resolutions or something, and <clears throat> Oral would like would write these lengthy notes in in kind of a combination of grade two and grade three, which he would uh, which he would pass to me on the stage. Um, but he was actually one of the better Slate and Stylus folks that I know about. Brian, I'm sure you remember those. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was the delivery boy sometimes. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, indeed. The only one I thought could give him a run for his money was Otis. Yes, yeah. Otis was also very, he was amazing. The speed um, of that man. Yeah. Sharon, did you ever did you ever run across anybody who was faster with Slate and Stylus than Oral? No, never. Nope. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. How about Judy um, Dixon? Is she? She she probably would be close, but um, I, I I don't. I, it would be an interesting question to ask her next time I see her. I will. How much she uses a Slate and Stylus? She has become. Such an, an electronic braille person, but she has a slate and stylized museum. That that's my understanding. Oh, that, oh she yeah. does. You're absolutely correct, APH. Sandra. It's an so, amazing thing, too. Yes, yep. I just being able to spend lots of time with Oral and various you know, he, he was one of our elder statesmen. Um, when I think of, I think of daddy bush when i think of oral you know yes and what i remember a couple of things one i later attended a convention um an international convention for women with disabilities and i met these blind women from kenya i didn't bother to call oral and ask him if he was free <clears throat> No, oh no, no, no. That would have been too much like right. Mm -hmm. Instead, I took these ladies. Oh, we have to go to ACB National Office. Oral, he'll be so excited to meet you. And okay, so I take him to the National Office and he's very gracious and he greets them and, you know, he arranges for them to do some touring and very happy to meet. Okay, a few days later, calls me into his office. Sandra, I'm glad that you brought those nice ladies to meet me to the ACB office, but you really could have called first. Yes. <laughs> you, really, you, you, you do. You do remember how to use a phone, right? You, you could have just picked up the phone and <laughs> let me know, as opposed to just sort of bringing them to the office. But, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I remembered that and down through the years, mm. I would give him advance notice, but I, I still knew that if it came down to it in a pinch, if there were some international blind folk, I could always bring them to see oral. And yep. that was true, whether he was the national representative or 
whether he was president of, at the time, District of Columbia Association of Workers for the Blind, later UCCB, or if he was part of USABA, or if he was part of the International Relations Committee, it did not matter. I could always bring him. Um, People, international folks. I went to Japan. They knew oral. Oh, how is Mr. Miller? Wait, how do you know? Oh, he gave a lecture for our class. Okay, all right, okay. I went to um, I went to Cairo, Egypt, with Oral, and it was amazing um, how many of the of the international folks, um, particularly from Europe, because I think Oral had had done a lot of IBSA work over in in Europe, so virtually all of the European folks um, knew Oral. He and I wandered through a pyramid in Egypt together. Mm. Um, and and um, he, he was kind enough not to tell me that there was uh, about to be a, an overhang. So I ran into it Oops. <laughs> and Oral was not very sympathetic. <laughs> so ran, ran into that. Did you Pablo? Mm. <laughs> that was your name yes pablo pablo oh let's you know um but a couple other just memorable things um yep one is okay so i had my as a kid um i grew up of course paul as you know in fort lauderdale florida yes my o&m instructor one of them was carla langan Right. Okay. So one day, Miss Langan and I, you know, we're talking, and all of a sudden she says, Well, I used to be Oral's playmate. What do you mean you used to be Oral's playmate? <laughs> well, her father was the superintendent at the Kentucky School for the Blind. Oh, so wow. Oral and Miss Langan were playmates. <clears throat> Wow, interesting. Yes. And one Sandra last one, one last thing, Miss Sandra, because we, we have one some other folks thing, waiting. One yep. one last thing. Um, so I knew that Oral was sort of going downhill. A when I stopped hearing on the convention floor, you know, the land of taxation without representation. Yes. That that was the first clue. But mm-hmm. the second clue was when I called him because um, I would send out the international relations, the bulletins. Okay, we're going to have the meeting Wednesday at nine. But Oral was not all that fond of email. So I always ended up calling him. And he right. would take down the information either using his slate and stylus or his tape recorder. And one day he said to me, Hold on, Sandra, because I can't figure out how to use my tape recorder. Uh oh. That I knew that something was really wrong because I yeah. would swear that he would be buried with a slate and stylus in one pocket and a tape recorder with the other. You- yep, yep, Miss yep. <clears throat> Sandra, thank you so much for calling in. Miss Marianne, we have somebody. F- we we, we have, have somebody from Australia on with us. Who who would you um, like me to call? Up? That's Susan Thompson. Hold on. Let's see if we can find her. Yeah. Uh, she, 
She is there from Sydney, go. Australia. Hello, Miss Susan. Hi. Um, thanks for having this um, event on tonight. Um, some some people might have seen my post on the conversation list, but um, I, I was surprised to to read after that that um, Oral Oral had um, nicknames for people. Uh, mine happened to be um, Mighty Mouse. Now I've never heard anybody call me a mouse before. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. <laughs> but I, for, I do... for, for those people who don't know Susan well, Susan is not exactly the tallest person in the world. Um, I guess four that's feet where it eleven. Comes four, four feet eleven, eight. I think, Susan. <laughs> four foot eight. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I remember meeting Oral for the first time when I attended. I think it was the mid-year board meeting in nineteen ninety-eight. Um, yeah. In, yeah, um, and he was incredibly welcoming. And um, I saw him again. I think it was probably the Olympics, or it might have been one of these international sporting meetings. But it was in Sydney, and um, I had another friend of mine from Melbourne with me, and I decided that we'd take Oral out to visit Michael Simpson, who was had been president of Blind Citizens Australia and spoke at the 1999 um, Los Angeles ACB convention. Um, so I decided I'd take Oral out um, and have him experience Sydney's train system. Um, but of course, um, all we managed to do was showing um, how how disruptive Sydney trains could be because three, three trains in a row were running late. So that was a bit of a failure, but never mind. We had a nice dinner. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I, I think is worth noting is that um, I stayed with a, a friend of mine in um, Virginia around that same time when I first met Oral, and she had, she had a reasonably senior position with the National Park Service um, in the accessibility um, space. And... He made the comment that um, ACB was um, really easy to work with. And I guess, you know, it's always the frontline person that facilitates that. So I guess that's attributable to Oral as well. Indeed. That is excellent. Indeed. So that is excellent. Say, really. So thank you so much for calling in and sharing your memories, Miss Susan. Very we much very much appreciate it. Yep. That's good, Brian. We're on the same page. That, that international connection again, right? Doesn't, yeah, doesn't that, matter. It, it, absolutely. It's everywhere. It uh, is. I wanted to tell two quickie things. One yep. is I was a guest at Oral's home for dinner one evening, and I was a relatively new guide dog user. I had my first dog, Wesley, with me. And I'm sitting in a chair in his living room, and I've got my dog <clears throat> sitting on the floor in front of me, uh, kind of uh, between my legs and uh, huddled up against me. He had Scotty dogs. Yes. And the two of them, uh, one came around from the back of my chair going clockwise, and one came back from the back of my chair going counterclockwise. And they met 
and poor Wesley saw a dog in front of him, tried to turn around only to find the matching dog behind him and jumped <laughs> into my lap. And he was no small dog, but uh, he was scared by those those Scotties. And then almost immediately they became friends and started running through his house, Oral's house, because the kitchen was connected to the dining room that was connected to the living room that went back into the kitchen. So they ran that yep. circle multiple times. <laughs> and these are two little dogs who could run under things and poor Wesley would come and ricochet off, <laughs> off the underside yep. of tables and such whatnot. But yeah, he was, he loved those dogs too. He loved those dogs. Angus and Abby. You got it. You got it. Great dogs. They were too. Uh, the other mm -hmm. thing is the last time I interacted with Oral, uh, it was at a national convention. Don't ask me which one it was, but it was one of the conventions where there was um, a skywalk between the hotel and the conference center. And uh, me and a couple of other people were heading over there. We went through the hotel lobby and there was Oral in a wheelchair all by himself. And I said, Oral, what, what's up? How come here? He said, well, I'm just waiting for somebody to help me out. To help you out what? Well, going over to the convention. I said, fine. So. I'm going to be your stoker. I'll be doing the pushing, but I'm going to have my friend here give me verbal directions from in front. Just keep talking so I don't run you into a wall. <laughs> so I, I gave him a push from a hotel to conference center that morning. Mm -hmm. And it was absolutely my honor to do so. Yeah, I think that was Rochester. I think that was the last one he was at. And I think um, I, th I, I think I remember participating in that activity one morning as well. Yep, that's excellent. Miss Marianne, who we got? We have Janet. Hello, hello. Hey, hey Miss Janet. Janet. I was Janice Joplin Dickelman. <laughs> there you go. And Janice I, Joplin Dickelman. Janice Joplin go. Dickelman. Where that <laughs> came from, I have no idea because I am not at all a rocker or anything. <laughs> but, but so many things that people have said already, you know, about the land of taxation without representation. That was the first thing I thought of when I heard that Earl, Earl passed away because that was his, you know, he'd get everybody, he'd start it and everybody everybody end finish up it. Yep. finishing it with him. Um, his voicemails, yes, always. And as Carla said, he'd call with his, I've got your number on my Braille card, but I don't have your name. Who am I talking to? Yep. That was, you know, towards the end. Yep. And nobody's mentioned his Philco, was it Philco production emails? Where instead oh. of doing the email, the, it, you'd get his his voice oh, that's, response to that's email. Correct. Yep. Yep. That's correct. Yep. That's correct. I'd, I'd forgotten Fillmore, about Fillmore. that. Yep. <laughs> yep. And every time I'd get one, I'm like, oh, gosh, Earl, Earl, why am I calling him Earl? I'm sorry. Earl, I have to download this. All right, fine. You know, but I wish I had one of those now, like uh, Deborah had his phone call. So that was that was great to hear <laughs> that. And again, he was so welcoming. I met him in the early 2000s, probably in 2006, um, my first time at legislative seminar in mm -hmm. D.C. And he was so welcoming. And so, you know, I'm thinking, wow, this important person is talking to me and asking me about who I am and what I do and mm -hmm. all that. And he was just always very welcoming. And I so ended up sitting with him at several different sessions of during uh, legislative and uh, leadership seminars. And he was just always very kind and, and very 
very welcoming and uh, yep. he's he was a great guy but yep Billmore Productions I had forgotten about those that yep. that that you're you're absolutely right that was a major component of of oral stuff yep. <laughs> he was not technological at all he was not very he intelligent just, but he did yes. not embrace technology you know, he did not love it. It was nope. not his best friend. <laughs> no, nope, it was not. So he was happy with his little Braille cards and his uh, yep. recorded email and, responses. Yep. Yep. And Miss Janet, miss him thank very you so much. much for your call. You are yeah. welcome. Take care. I'm going to go off now and listen on uh, ACB Media. Very good. Excellent. Miss Marianne. We have Sandy. Hey, Sandy. Oh, my thanks speaking to me. Hi. I knew like. I knew Oral probably in a different context than the other people because I first met him in 2013 when he was 80. I met him on the Dragon Boat team. And I remember writing to a blind friend of mine about the Dragon Boat team. And I said, well, I met this woman, Margie, who's very interesting. She works for State Department. And I met this guy, Oral. We had a lovely conversation on the paratransit van. My friend wrote back, you mean Oral Miller? And I said, yeah, I think that's his name. But Oral was so humble and modest that he didn't tell me all the great stuff he'd done for ACB and for blind people and all that. I just knew him as a very close friend. We became very close friends from 2013 until I moved to Florida in 2017. He was my go-to person whenever I wanted to go to a movie or a play because he'd always say, yes, you choose. And when we went to the movies together, he'd always have this underlying discussion of the movie plot where the movie was on. I'd always say, shh. But he <laughs> <laughs> and I got him to go to Wicket at the Kennedy Theater and who knew? he didn't know what The Wizard of Oz was about, but he was a good sport of that. <laughs> it, it just... We did so many things together. I heard all his stories. I'm the one that he told about driving once with Roberta guiding him in the back roads because he wanted to try driving. I know that yep. he, has, he has a gun because he kept it in the divorce from Carol. It just so <laughs> many good memories. His nickname for me was Guapa Little Girl because his cleaning lady once said Guapa when he introduced me. And it just, he was a mentor as well as a friend because I'd been blind five years when I met him and he showed me how you could ask for help with dignity. He got me into ACB by volunteering me to speak at the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss in 2014 when I had no intention of ever going to a convention or anything else. But I kind of had to go because suddenly I was a speaker. It, it just, so many memories. Um, yep. he, he came yep. Go ahead. One last one, I'll be quick. He yep. came down to Rick's and my wedding in 2017, even though he was in a wheelchair by then, he got Marjorie Beeman to come with him. He came all the way to Florida for our wedding. He was just such a special friend. And I knew after a while when he stopped remembering who I was, it was difficult, but he always was gracious about the whole thing anyhow. And it, we've lost a very special person. Yep, Sandy, that 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 is really amazing. I don't think any of us knew very much about any of that. So we really appreciate your sharing. Thank you. Yeah. We That's have Chris, Chris Gray. Ah, another ACB president, for heaven's sake. Christopher Gray. 
Well, the presidents had to be here, didn't they? <laughs> they I hope so. Some of them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's just a few things I'll say, because I know time is getting short and a lot has already been said. But I, I think in terms of the things that I knew Oral did and that I was able to observe him do, perhaps the most impressive was his ability to make the transition from being the president of ACB to the national representative of ACB. That kind of a transition is unbelievably difficult. I think it is. The way you have to change your whole modus operandi is, is really difficult. And Oral's the only person who we know who was in ACB, whoever had to do this, but you know, he made it work. And ultimately, not without a bit of tugging and pulling, he and Grant made it work. And yep. I've always admired the way that he handled that. Real aplomb. Um, Oral was a great advisor. When I was thinking about moving from Washington, D.C., back to California to take a job with telesensory. Uh, I was in the office and I thought, you know, I wonder what Oral would think about this. And uh, so I just asked him what he thought. And we had a nice chat about it. He raised various issues. I raised a couple issues and uh, really without ever saying so, maybe he didn't even know he was doing this. He talked me into taking that job. (laughs) <laughs> One of the best things I ever did. <laughs> so thank you for that. That's right. Yes, yep. indeed. The uh, the the Fillmore production, I was going to mention that because I was so impressed that a non-technology guy at Oral's age adopted Fillmore and was mm-hmm. just a tremendous uh, communicator through that medium. And it was an, a medium so unlike the oral that that uh, I knew, but he did it. And right. He did it well. Yep. So <clears throat> Deborah ended her conversation with a a phone call, and totally not rehearsed, and we didn't talk about any of this. The last time I ever spoke to Oral, uh, and this was very moving to me. I think I had just finished within two weeks my second session of cancer treatments and I'd gotten home from Seattle and who should call me on the phone, but oral. And he, he said, you know, I, I've heard a rumor. So oral, like he wouldn't come right Mm -hmm. out, confront you, whatever. I heard a rumor that you've had some illness to cope with. He said, and I, I just want you to know that a lot of people are thinking about you and they, they wish you well, and I want to be one of them. And that's the last conversation we ever had. But it was very meaningful. And he didn't call me that often. So it right. was very surprising to get that call. And yet, I wasn't surprised in the sense of, well, Oral would never do that. I knew he might. But anyway, that was a wonderful memory. It still is, always will be. And uh, Paul, I think that's all I need to say. No, no, your nickname. Oh, the nickname. Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, because I was I did want to say something about that. I never had a nickname. 
I don't oh, know. No. Why. I never had a nickname. But do you know that Oral had a nickname? Uh, I did well, not. Oral's nickname bestowed upon him by Durward was Double O. Double O. Yeah. Yes, I remember Double O. <laughs> I remember and, that. Yep. And so Oral's yep. nickname for Durward was Dogwood. <laughs> yes. I, and I remember that too. <laughs> Dogwood rather than Dagwood. That's right. That's right. No, but I never had one. <clears throat> that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's two people who knew him well who didn't have nicknames. There had yeah, to be a couple of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a lot. I mean, most most of the rest of us had nicknames. I can't Brian, you had one, did you? Or or did you not? No, I was one of the uh unfortunate who did not. Welcome, Brian. Welcome. <laughs> there you go. See, <laughs> oh, it's not a question have, of quality, is it, Chris? We'll have That's to put, right. We'll, That's right. We'll, we'll have to put all these pros and cons together and see what they tell us. <laughs> well, Paul, Brian, thank you for doing this. Uh, I've enjoyed Chris, it. Chris, thanks for calling in, sir. You're welcome. We appreciate it. Appreciate yep. It. Take care. Miss Marianne. Teresa. Yep. Teresa, you are unmuted. Okay, I'm there sorry. Somebody That's somebody okay. was talking, and I had, had to uh, kind of politely dismiss them <laughs> without being rude. Uh, okay, I didn't have a nickname myself by um, by Oral, and I didn't get to know him as well as others did, but I knew who he was. And then um, the first time, actually, I was told by Betsy Grinovich that in 1979, the year that she and I graduated from high school, Oral spoke at our um, um, alumni banquet. And I guess I forgot who that was, but I do remember the speaker that spoke. Uh, I remember his topic. He talked uh -huh. about, um, about in college, because uh, he wanted to prepare those of us who were just um, graduating how uh we would go to college uh he said it wasn't it wasn't like when you're in high school and you went to the same classes every day uh, you would have your classes monday wednesday and friday or you would have classes on tuesdays and thursdays and it, i already kind of knew that was going to happen but i um it was nice to hear him tell us that and i don't remember everything else he said in this um banquet speech of course remember this has been a, a minute or so ago yeah, the just next a couple of time, seconds ago. Okay, yes, a couple <laughs> seconds. But I do remember seeing him contribute articles to the Braille Forum over the years, mm -hmm. and I thought, well, he he um, writes very very well. Mm -hmm. In two thousand nine, I went to the um, my first ACB convention in Orlando, and there was this uh, CD yard sale type of deal, and um, somebody was reading all the CDs. And um, the titles and everything, and if you wanted to uh, buy one or something, and I got real excited in my <laughs> kid-like way. I got very, very excited, and everybody laughed at me. I said, "Oh, if you had said Simon and Garfunkel, I think I would have knocked this table over, <laughs> jumping across <laughs> the table to grab snatch it up." Well, a few days later, he saw me. And um, and I told him who was sitting, you know, you know, he, he found out who was sitting at his table, and he went, Simon and Garfunkel. 
<laughs> and then I saw him again the next year when we were in Phoenix, but I didn't see him again. Um, it was, I'm not sure if it was 2015 or 2018, but um, I told him who I was. And um, I guess my name wasn't registering to him until I said, I'm the one who said she likes Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> and then, then, then he remembered. Then yep. he remembered. Um, so I guess he was um he wasn't doing as well. I can't remember if he was in St. Louis or not. I don't remember if he was in St. Louis. I know he was in Rochester. Right. Miss Teresa, thank you so much for your but call. I, but I, it, it was St. St. Louis. It was it wasn't. Okay, but then, so then I, last time I saw him was Dallas and Little Dad, that being the last yeah. time I'd see him. Yeah. Thank Excellent. you for calling. Thank you, Ms. Teresa. You're welcome. Uh-huh. We have Colby. Colby. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Hey, Colby. Hi. Um, I just wanted to pop on um, and let everyone know I was not fortunate enough to uh, get to know Mr. Miller, um, but I have so enjoyed listening to everyone reminiscing about him and sharing all of their fond memories. Um, and if mm -hmm. you would like to do so, we uh, do have an ACB angel um I guess fund that has been started for him. I've had a couple people uh, reach out already. Um, and so if you want to uh, contribute to memorializing oral uh, permanently in ACB history, you can certainly uh, do so. Um, we would love to, to have any of those um, contributions and just, he sounds like he was just absolutely uh, a legend. Uh, one of those mm -hmm. sort of pillars uh, in in ACB history, so I've just so enjoyed uh, listening tonight and getting to know him through all the people who knew him best. So, Colby, um, how could people get in touch with you if they wanted to? Yes, if you would like to contribute to Oral as an making Oral an ACB angel, you can just send me an email. Uh, my email address is K Garrison, and that is spelled G A R R. I S as in Sam, O N as in Nancy at ACB dot org. Excellent, Miss Colby. Thanks for letting us know. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I suspect you'll have lots of people contributing. I I I hope so. It's one of the ways you can you know permanently uh, memorialize. Um, someone in ACB history, and uh, it's a wonderful program. And I just wanted to uh, let people know that that is there, and you know they can do that for any any person or guide dog uh, who yep. whom they would like uh, who has passed away. But it's it's just a great way to um, kind of make a, a permanent record um, for for you know even those of us who who didn't know the person that's being honored. Um, I know I've gone back and read all of the angel testimonials and just to find out about all of these people who paved the way for those of us, you know, now um, yeah. here who are uh, taking up the, the torch, as you would say, and, and continuing um, ACB on into generations to come. Um, but it's just very, very cool to go back and read through the history. Um, so thank you Excellent. so much. Thank you, Ms. Colby. Ms. Marianne. We have Tuesday topics. Hello, Paul. Hey. Yes. There's Paul. It's yep. 
voiceover is talking. This is Linda Kipps. It's so nice to talk to you, Paul. It's been so long. It and has been too long. How are you? It's been, I'm doing just fine. Can you hear okay? Yep. I am. Yep. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, Sandra Sermons took me down real memory lane. She said so many things about oral that, that I know all so well. And I got to know oral through a mutual friend of ours, meaning me and oral. Um, uh -huh. Her name was Ann Chapman back in probably 1967 or 68. Uh -huh. I used to go to, uh, what was then DCAWB meetings with Anne yep. to their luncheon meetings and oral would preside. And I'll tell you, I learned how to efficiently run a meeting. He was just awesome. Well, then the years went on and I just got to know oral in so many ways. We went on ski for the light, ski for light trips together um, mm -hmm. up in Frostburg, Maryland. Um, Oh, we had lunch and dinner and, you know, things together many times over the years and lots of phone conversations. And um, also, I we were both in attendance. You were there, too, at the 100th anniversary of the D.C. Association of Workers for the Blind meeting. It was such yes. a wonderful day. And you spoke yep. so beautifully as well. Thank and you. so, um, yeah, I've just known oral in so many different ways for a very, mm -hmm. very long time. And we kept in touch until just a year or two ago. And yes, I remember his Slate and Stylus writing too. And he was the first to show me a Slate and Stylus where you could write Braille on both sides of the page. Yep. Um, so, because I was now, fascinated Ms. Linda, with that. Did, did you have a nickname? I was Lin Linda Linda because that was my name in Spanish. Ah, uh, Linda Linda. Yeah, <laughs> got it. <clears throat> um, and he so knew that I calling. he knew that I had studied Spanish, so that was yep. my nickname. Very Excellent. So, um, yeah, great guy. Very now, are you capable. Still hang and yep, still hanging out at the Kennedy Center, Miss Linda. Uh, still hanging over there, uh, not as often as I was, but uh, yeah, still over there. That's excellent. Thank you so much so, for calling and, and, and sharing with us. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, Oral's a great guy. Yeah. Thanks. Paul. Excellent. Yep. Miss <clears throat> Linda is an accompanist for um, rehearsals and other performances at the Kennedy Center. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Miss Marianne. We have Jean. Jean Mann. Hi, you guys. I was away the first hour, so I missed a lot of this, but I yep. have a couple a couple memories I want to share. I'm, I know time is short. The, I met Oral back in, I don't know, somewhere around 75, 76 at a bowling tournament, and then I didn't see him for several years, and um, I didn't have a nickname, but at another bowling tournament, he was on the lane next to me. And one of us was getting up to bowl. The other one was coming back. And we literally ran right into each other. And, and so he started calling me a big bully. So <laughs> a big bully. That was the only only name he ever called me. Um, the, the other, um, well, I'll, I'll say this before I give my last memory. 
if I if I could, I would go back and I would name the ambassador award after Oral because he really was such an ambassador. He talked to people everywhere he went. Didn't matter if he was on a plane, you know, uh, in a restaurant. It didn't. It just didn't matter. He talked to you. Yep. And find out more information about you than you probably ever thought you would ever share. Um, and he was in so many things, you know, with Usaba and 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 bullying and ski for light and his rowing things that he did. Um, when we went to Germany, we were driving around on the Autobahn and I can remember him asking how many miles we were going. It was like a hundred and something miles an hour. And everywhere we went, he just, he was always asking questions and always learning and, you know, and all that. And the, the other, the other thing I specifically remember was probably one of the last times I talked to him, he called me up one day and he said to me, I went to, I don't know, a play somewhere that afternoon and must have had audio description. And he said, I sat next to a young man who turned out to be a classmate of yours. And uh, he started telling me all the things that this guy had told him about me. Like we went to nursery school together and my twin brother went to school with me. And he remembered my twin brother's name was Jeff. And Oral said, I didn't know you had a twin brother. And, wow. you know, he told him how how we were in first grade together and how we graduated from high school together. And, oh my goodness, you know, somebody I haven't seen since the day we graduated. But um, I think that was one of the last times that I spoke to him. And I, 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 I know that there's people that knew him the last few years of his life and really never knew the oral that the rest of us knew, you know, he no. they didn't know him in his better days. They just didn't. The one thing that also always amazed me, I don't know what he was like with Roberta, but before and after her, whenever there was a function, he always managed to have a date. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, Jean's, have, yeah, yes. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much for your call. And I didn't know you had a twin brother either. <laughs> His name is Jeff and he went to nursery school with me. And I didn't there realize that all these, these people I meet at alumni still remember him because he doesn't remember any of them. <laughs> so anyway, you remember him. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call, Miss Jean. Okay, take care. Yep. Debbie. Debbie. Etheridge. Debbie. Another Kentuckian. Hello. There you go. Yeah, another Kentuckian. Um, yeah, I'm like Jean. I missed the first hour, but uh so but Oral was always an interesting individual to talk to, uh, very educational, you know, um, you never knew, you know, for sure where the conversation was going to go, but you always remembered it, you know, afterwards. And I think, I, yeah, the land of taxation was always what I remembered. Um, yep. and I think he was also, um, I think he helped, uh, uh, start the uh, recreation zone at conventions. He oh, did yes. uh, because he um he was very much. I don't know if he was responsible for getting it, but the guy who who or what paid for the recreation zone was uh, the Bob Buell um, legacy, and oh, Mr. Yes. Buell was um, the athletic director at the California School for the Blind. And um, and and left some money to ACB to be used for sports and athletic stuff, which of course made Oral just overjoyed because he would he would love to find any way that he could um, to get people more involved. He would he would be very excited with this um, 
with the with the current effort that we're undertaking uh, to to get people to do more exercise. He, he, I think he was also one of the early proponents of Leslie Spoon doing her thing at, at ACB. I think yep. you're right. And I didn't I realize right. uh, that he was uh, in, I've just recently got into rowing and I didn't realize that he was involved in rowing and, you know, had been, you know, on a team. And of course, back in the day, he was, you know, from Kentucky. So, you know. Yep. Yep. Connection, connection. Yep. So, Debbie, thank you so much for your call. Thank you for doing this. Excellent. Yep. Miss Marianne. We have Albert. Ah, from Illinois, perhaps. You may unmute Albert. But Albert came to some of the early conventions and got to know Mr. Oral. Albert, you're still muted. Albert is still muted. Um, oh, he may he may not. unmute he may unmute though. Um, and then the, now. The, okay. Nope. 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 He's still muted. Um, we have Scott Marshall has his hand up again. That's Mr. our last Scott. hand. <clears throat> Hold on, I got to give him permission. Just one second. Okay, Hold Scott. Zoom Hello again. I there just wanted to thank. Uh, uh, Deborah sounds so nice for sharing the recording of Oral's voice. Uh, mm. What struck me is he would always identify himself as if we wouldn't recognize the voice. Yes, he would. And um, also, he would always leave his phone number, and that was also unnecessary because all of us knew that phone number by heart. Yes. Um, and um, one last thought about the Playboy lawsuit, which, um, and I'm delighted to see the, the plaintiffs here. Uh, he was very much involved in that effort. I, I was the one that got the call from a member in Ohio saying that members of Con in the House were laughing about the Braille edition of the Playboy. Snicker, sticker, sticker. Uh -huh. How could these blind people, you know, do this? And we're paying for it out of uh, legislative branch appropriations funds, and we got to stop this, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, walking into Oral's office and saying, Oral, what are we going to do about this? And I said, we can't sue him. We don't have enough money to do that. He said, yeah, but why don't you call Playboy? And I said, you're right. And then that was the most successful call ever. They hired mm -hmm. a blue chip civil rights law firm to represent us here in Washington. They never made a dime off of the Braille Playboy edition. And never. there were lots of folks were concerned that what would be next, William Faulkner, you know, he gets a little mm -hmm. racy too, you know. And, yeah. But what, what, but, but that was Oral's idea, was my point. And he was always good at thinking about strategy and how we could work it and we did win guys that was yes we did, we did win um, we, we did, did and uh, they got the message and all that good stuff so yeah, that's i just wanted alone. to uh, clarify what that was all about because it was a significant right to read victory uh it sure for was us, um because that would have been a slippery slope had it 
been left to stand and and people could cherry pick what what blind people ought to read or not read but anyway but it, that's it, all it, i it, yeah, it's a ahead. it's a terrible thing being blind though. Um, I I I used to work at Miami Dade College, and I would often wander in with a a part of the Braille version ah, of Playboy yes, one of under the four my five arm. Volumes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and 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 I never knew that on the front of those Playboy magazines was a it's, picture of the bunny. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yep. A raised picture. Didn't they have it no. embossed a little bit? No, no, no I wish no, they no. did. Didn't they have no, it? I no. thought they oh, had an embossed, no. a little bit of an embossed. Yeah, they were. No. Okay. No, it was not not at all embossed. So okay. But but so people would, would would often would often ask me there, there, whether there's I was division reading in the house Playboy the embossing of it. But go ahead. <laughs> whether I was reading Playboy just for the pictures. Of course, everybody asks. And, 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 and of course, I'd say, I well, after after I'd gotten through saying several times, we don't have any pictures. We we're reading Playboy for the articles. The <laughs> literature, yes, 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 yes of, course. Articles, the, of course, the the literary expectation. But eventually, yes. I got fed up with that, and I said, "Well, I don't, we don't have pictures, but the scratch and sniffs are great." Oh, geez, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing it taught me too, it was the, uh, you know, the canary, you know, in the in the cage that gave us the first alert about it, was a member from Ohio. That's so interesting. Power to the ACB membership, because as 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 much as we thought we could stay on top of everything, and we all thought we could, <laughs> but we we couldn't ever, um, and we got no, that no. tip. And then could run with it. So that's Excellent. all I wanted to say. And Thank you, Mr. Sean, too. All right. Yep. Take care. Yep. Another memory of that whole business. Yes. Paul, I was uh, the advisor on the advisory board to NLS at the time. And Kurt Silky was the director at that time. And we had lunch at a meeting at the Library of Congress cafeteria. And yep. Why? Kurt almost blew a gasket when the <laughs> when uh -huh. the librarian of Congress came in. He insisted that I get up and sit in a different chair so he couldn't accidentally identify me as one of the ones suing him. <laughs> uh, 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 Brian, off air, I have a few other stories to tell you about uh -huh. that good library <laughs> director and his role in all of this. But yeah, I yeah. think discretion yes, I, would dictate that it's not yeah, there you go. Uh, what I should discuss on I, I have a couple as well. Miss <laughs> 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 um, Marianne, do we do we got one last call perhaps? Nope. So Miss Sharon, you've heard you've heard mm. lots. What have what have we missed, Miss Sharon? Um I've been going through and archiving and digitizing the older issues of the forum. And I remember reading through the Playboy suit and stories that went with it and loved it. But what struck me most as I was going through them, I've only found a handful of orals, news briefs from the ACB national office columns that were actually short. Yes. <laughs> the rest were medium, large, extra large, and OMG. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Yep. Again, um, one of the things I'm delighted that we're archiving is the audio uh, that's in ACB's collection. So the Deborah's uh, phone call will not be the only place we hear Oral's voice in the future. It actually would be fun. Uh, you know, there was some there was some discussion um, over uh, about the, the the banquet when Oral retired. Um, the uh, the 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 007 banquet, as it were, um, mm-hmm. and and but but it it was really a very fun event, um, uh, and and there were there were there were loads of people who had some fun things to say. Um, you know, I know that um, that Mark Reichert did a pretty good imitation of Oral, um, providing some instruction uh, on uh, the email system. Oh, lessons in voicemail—that was hilarious. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I hope that <clears throat> I hope that maybe next year during the convention, because those recordings are around somewhere, I think. Um, Maybe we maybe we can persuade people to play some of that stuff either at the leadership conference or at the convention. So, so Mr. Spoon, hear our request. I think we we all think it would be fun. Um, do you have a last comment, Miss Sharon? Uh, no. Very good, uh, Mr. Brian. Just you know, it's important that we remember those uh, as Sandy would said earlier um, that laid the foundation for what we're doing today. Uh, I really think that, uh, again, the whole angel wall is doing that to some degree. Uh, But I also think that bringing founders and people of played a significant role within the organization that we make time to do just this kind of thing. It's to some degree, I I had a friend here who recently had what she called an Irish wake for her to say goodbye to her friends here in Massachusetts as she moved down to South Carolina. Uh, And everybody got a chance to stand up and talk about her before she passed, if you will. And I think there might be some advantage to doing that every once in a while in ACB. I think Oral would have enjoyed tonight as much as we did. I think he actually would have. Um, I, I, I remain sorry that that the times that I've invited him to participate and stuff, he hasn't been able to. Um, I certainly had hoped that he would be. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching the end of Tuesday Topics. Thank you to everybody who called in. Uh, and thank you especially to Ms. Sharon Levering, who I called at the last minute and asked if she could be here. Sharon, we truly appreciate your contribution. Thank you very much for it. You're welcome. And I have no idea what we're doing next week, but um, uh, I will know by tomorrow. I, I've I've actually got a couple of thoughts, so we'll see we'll see what I do with them. They they may have to do with going back to school and going to school memories, as well as perhaps um, talking a little bit about um, about uh, fall and Labor Day and some of the other changes that happen and the way that blind people perceive some of those things. So we'll see. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I agree with with what everybody has said. It's important for us to somehow find ways of remembering the people who are important 
in making ACB what it is. Good night.